This is Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. Forget what you think you know about church. Who here knew who James? I'm not real well with what happened to him. That's crazy. That's. I know he was going to go through the change. Yeah. He was already. He was already on almost for a couple of years. He was ready. I don't know what happened. It's not real clear. So. We'll never know. Well, we just have to keep. Okay. Hope he's watching over us.
Lord be with you. you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Now, the eleven disciples, disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, to the end of the age. The true gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise the Lord. The Lord, the Lord the the okay, be seated, please. I say a very early good morning to all of you. Remember the night here. Hmm. The Holy Spirit has been explained as being the mutual bond between the Father and the Son, in order that when one of the divine persons is active, the others are involved. I like this explanation and definition because I find approaching this doctrine and thus attempting to understand it and integrate it into my spirituality too philosophical and academic. Doctrine for me ceases to be life-giving when it cannot be related to experience. And so, in contemplating the concept of a triune God, I believe that God now is inviting me to reflect on his presence in my life and is challenging me to combine and adapt philosophical, academic, and experiential approaches. Those are big words. Many of you know of my Catholic background and experience and that I profess to be a recovering Catholic. One day at a time, Lord. Catholics express belief in the Trinity every time they pray, for they begin all prayers with the sign of the cross, praying in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, just as we do in the opening and closing of our services every week. Additionally, the most common greeting used at the celebration of the Eucharist in Catholicism is from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Without profound thought, I have attached myself to a mystery that is at the heart of my life as a Christian. It wasn't until now, after academic and philosophical exposure to explanations of the Trinity, that I even considered the meaning of co-equal, co-eternal, or eternally begotten of the Father, and proceeds from the Father and the Son. Rather odd especially since at Sunday service I recite the Universal Creed, professing my belief in one God, reflecting on the nature of God. I thought, uh, I thought was once left solely to philosophers and my undergraduate study of philosophy. However, again, looking for that link to experience, the Catholic Church and many other Christian churches celebrate this doctrine with a liturgical feast called Trinity Sunday. Well, originally I thought that the Trinitarian doctrine only tried to describe the inner life of God. I now understand that it presents to us the relation of the three persons to one another, and relationship is an experience. Relationships are something that we as humans understand. In our lives, we participate in many types of relationships. Some weak, others strong, some healthy, and others not so healthy. At times they can be formal and distant, while others can be intimate and spontaneous. Relationships are constant elements in our human experience. Through baptism, we enter into a relationship with God. This relationship is not the same abstract relationship any deity as the philosopher spoke of, but a concrete relationship with God as Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob experienced. The same relationship God the Father has with Jesus, who is who in turn reveals himself 
as a trinity of persons. In baptism, we enter into a relationship not only with God, but with a community which becomes a family. Jesus calls God Father, and we in turn God, call God Father. For in Romans chapter 8, verse 15, we hear St. Paul telling us, when we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness, and with that spirit, we are children of God. This doctrine then teaches us that we believe in a personal God because God is cognizant of us, loved us enough to send us his Son, and through the Holy Spirit enables us to love him back intensely and wholeheartedly. Secondly, the doctrine of the Trinity teaches us that God does not exist in isolation, but that God is a social God. Even prior to creation, Father, Son, and Spirit were always existing and always in the closest relationships. Since we are created in the imagio dei, image of God, we then are created for relationship as well, becoming whole persons only in relationship to one another and to God. In the Universal Creed, we profess we believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father. And we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. On many Sundays, we state that we believe in a God that functions in unity with equal with equality and has what we find in many job descriptions today, a working relationship among equals. The persons of the Trinity do not allow for inequality or subordination or domination. Our baptism into the church then, in the name of the Trinity, means that all of us exist together as equal partners in a relationship of mutual love. If we consider how we all belong to a family, the family can be counted as one unit with more than one person in it. At times we act as a family unit, bringing to that unit our different personalities, talents, and characteristics. Although we may be acting as one unit, we do not lose our individuality. Sacrifice enables us to continue in healthy relationship. This is true of family life, marriage, and dating couples. Like the Trinity, we can have great joy in one another, committed to loving others, which in turn strengthens us. As the Father, Son, and Spirit love one another, their love creates, redeems, and inspires us. And when I mention us, I mean all of God's children who he created and unconditionally loves, no matter their race, or sex, or sexual identity, or nationality, or even religion or faith. June is Pride Month, and today in Dallas we celebrate with the annual Alan Ross Texas Freedom Parade, which we are honored to participate in. So today, I want to read something from a gentleman named Matthew Vines, who is an LGBT activist known for the viral YouTube video, The Gay Debate, The Bible and Homosexuality and his related book, God and the Gay Christian. This video is posted on the Dallas Universal Life Church website, and I have referred to it often in my career here at the church. So let me say happy pride to all of you, and I hope you gain some insight from the following words. There are six passages, six verses in the Bible that refer in some way to same-sex behavior, and indeed, they're all negative. But that isn't an inclusive ar argument. The majority of references to sexual behavior in general and to heterosexual behavior in the Bible are negative. It's not because sexuality is a bad thing, but because most of the references to it in Scripture are to lust, to excess, to infidelity, promiscuity, rape, or violence. And yes, the Bible also contains positive affirmations of opposite-sex relationships 
in addition to hundreds of negative verses about forms of them. And it does not contain explicit positive statements about same-sex relationships. But it also hardly ever discusses same-sex behavior of any kind. And the very few references to it are in completely different contexts than loving relationships. In Genesis 19, there's a reference to threatened gang rape. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and 1 Timothy chapter 1, there's a reference to what appears to be sexual exploitation. In Romans chapter 1, Paul refers to lustful same-sex behavior as part of an illustration of general sexual chaos and excess. And though he labels this behavior unnatural, he's using this term in the sense of uncustomary gender roles just as he's referring to social customs when he labels long hair in men unnatural. The only place in scripture where male same-sex relationships or relations are actually prohibited is in Leviticus. In Leviticus comes, it, uh, comes in the text of an Old Testament law code that has never applied to Christians. The Bible never directly addresses and it certainly does not condemn loving, committed same-sex relationships. There is no biblical teaching about sexual orientation, nor is there any call to lifelong celibacy for gay people. But the Bible does explicitly reject forced loneliness as God's will for human beings. Not just in the Old Testament when God says that it is not good for the man to be alone, but in the New Testament as well. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul writes about marriage and celibacy. He was celibate himself, and he says that he wishes that everyone else could be celibate as well. But he says, each person has their own gift. For Paul, celibacy is a gift, a spiritual gift, and one that he realizes that many Christians don't have. However, because many of them lack the gift of celibacy, Paul observes that sexual immoral immorality is rampant. And so he prescribes marriage as a kind of remedy or protection against sexual sin for Christians who lack the gift of celibacy. It is better to marry than to burn with passion, he says. And today, the vast majority of Christians do not sense either the gift of celibacy or the call to it. This is the true. This is true for both straight and gay Christians. And so, if the remedy against sexual sin for straight Christians is marriage, why should the remedy for gay Christians not be the same? The arguments and debates that we have both in the church and in civil society about gay marriage tend to get lost in abstractions. Is it right for a man to marry another man or for a woman to marry another woman? Well, it doesn't seem right. That isn't how God designed us. He made men for women and women for men. That is his design, his definition of marriage, and it's not for us to tamper with or change. But these arguments are always made by people who are themselves heterosexual, who have always fit in, who haven't endured years of internal torment, and agony because they have a different sexual orientation than their friends, than their parents, than seemingly everyone else in the world. But those people, gay people, are just as much children of God and just as much a part of his creation as everyone else. And there's something terribly unseemly about straight Christians insisting that gay Christians are somehow inferior to them, or broken, or that gay people only exist because of the fall, and that God really intended to make everyone straight like them. But you know, I'm a part of creation too, including my sexual orientation. I'm a part of God's design. That's the first thing that I learned growing up in Sunday school, that God created me, that God loves me, 
that I am a beloved child of God, no more and no less valuable than anyone else. I love God, and I love Jesus. I really do. But that doesn't mean that I need to hate myself or somehow wallow in self-pity, misery, and loathing for the rest of my life. That's not what God created me to do. Our discussion of this issue, of the gay issue, can't take place in the realm of abstractions, of musings about ideal design and ideal gender roles, as though gay people don't even exist. Jesus placed a particular focus on these, on those others overlooked, on those who were outcasts, on mistreated and marginalized minorities. And if we are working to emulate the life of Christ, then that's where our focus needs to be too. Romans 12 tells us to honor one another above yourselves. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Hebrews 13 chapter 3 says, Remember those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. How fully have you absorbed not just the existence of gay and lesbian Christians, but the depth of the pain and the hurt that their own brothers and sisters have inflicted on them? Does that pain grieve you as though it were your own? And how aware are you of the ways in which you may be contributing to suffering and hurt in gay people's lives? It's still commonplace for straight Christians to say, yes, I believe that homosexuality is a sin, but don't blame me. I'm just reading the Bible. It's just what it says. Well, first of all, no, you are not just reading the Bible. You are taking a few verses out of context and extracting from them an absolute condemnation that was never intended. But you are also striking to the very core of another human being and gutting them of their sense of dignity and of self-worth. You are reinforcing the message that gay people have heard for centuries. You will always be alone. You come from a family, but you'll never form one of your own. You are uniquely unworthy of loving and being loved by another person, and all because you're different, because you're gay. Being different is no crime. Being gay is not a sin. And for a gay person to desire and pursue love and marriage and family is no more selfish or sinful than when a straight person desires and pursues the very same things. The Song of Songs tells us that King Solomon's wedding day was the day his heart rejoiced. To deny to a small minority of people not just a wedding day, but a lifetime of love and commitment and family is to inflict on them a devastating level of hurt and anguish. There is nothing in the Bible that indicates that Christians are called to perpetuate that kind of pain in other people's lives rather than work to alleviate it. Especially when the problem is so easy to fix. All it takes is acceptance. The Bible is not opposed to the acceptance of gay Christians or to the possibility of loving relationships for them. And if you are uncomfortable with the idea of two men or two women in love, if you are dead set against that idea, then I'm asking you to try to see things differently, for my sake, even if it makes you uncomfortable. I'm asking you to ask yourself this. How deeply do you care about your family? How deeply do you love your spouse? And how tenaciously would you fight for them if they were ever in danger or in harm's way? That is how deeply you should care. And that is how tenaciously you should fight for the very same things for my life because they matter just as much to me. Gay people should be a treasured part of our families and our communities 
and the truly Christian response to them is acceptance, support, and love. Matthew Vines founded the Reformation Project, a nonprofit organization for seeking greater inclusion of LGBT lay members and clergy in mainstream Christian churches, of which this church is a proud supporter and member of. It's our great privilege and our baptismal call to share our experience and a couple of ways in which we live this reality is through celebrating service, or some call it mass, together, and sharing in the Eucharist or Holy Communion. With Jesus, we address God as Father, Abba, our Father, and proudly proclaim on this Trinity Sunday, glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. I apologize for how big some of the words were there. But the Holy Trinity is not easy to understand. And I'm, I'm going to stop just real quick here because I'm going to give you a real simple way that I know about it. I didn't put it in the, in the sermon because I've, I've done it before, but I want to tell you about it anyway. One of my very favorite preachers, his name is T.D. Jakes. He's a uh, bishop of, 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 of church. Potter's House. Potter's House here in Dallas, right? <laughs> Let me see if I can do it. I got to T.D. Jakes. Okay. Take a glass of water. Take a glass of water. <laughs> and you put some ice cubes in it. What's in the glass? Ice water. Water. H2O. That's all. Water. And you take that same water and you pour it on the stove. You put it in a pot and you turn it on the stove. It's a stove. And you heat it up and it turns to steam. What's that? Water. H2O. So you've got liquid H2O. You've got solid ice H2O. And you've got steam H2O. They're all H2O. Three and one. Mm -hmm. That's one of the easiest ways I can tell you of visualizing. I'm sorry, I didn't do it justice today. I couldn't, I couldn't get the, the bell no. back. Uh, that's one of the easiest ways. I think it's a great way of understanding this is what God is. He is three things, three people in one. He's one God. Three individuals in that thing. It's, it's amazing. Amazing to think about. And our brains kind of go, what? You know? But it's amazing. And we need all of those. We need the Father, we need the Son, and we need the Holy Spirit. Oh, we have to have them. Okay. It is time for everybody's favorite part of the service. That's right, the announcements. Yeah. Uh, the announcements, we're, I'm lucky today. We're not going to go through all the announcements like we always do. Yeah. Uh, I do have a couple of very important announcements we have to go over before uh, the events for uh, today, okay? So, mm -hmm. First of all, if none of y'all have heard yet, we've been picked up, uh, your path mission market has been picked up by um, a network. And they are a Roku network and a, uh, a, a stream network. Um, we are live all day on the uh, uh, Pastor Sean Conran Office TV Network on Channel 8, all day long, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, Channel 8. Mm -hmm. And on Sunday mornings from, uh, let's see what time say, up there, 8.30 a.m. to 9.30 a.m., coming right up, 8.30 a.m. to 9.30 a.m., we are on the their main channel, Channel 1, uh, uh, Pastor, Con, Pastor Sean Conrad's Office TV Network. It's pretty cool. If you haven't had a chance to go look at this, it, you just go to www. 
excuse me, www.pscotvnetwork.org. It's just like having cable. They have a bunch of different channels there. Just search for Channel 8, and we're there. Um, Bless you. It, it's really kind of cool, and I'm real happy with it. I think it's, it's something that could really uh, be a, a stepping off for us. Yeah, please. Mm -hmm. Time to get up, William. <laughs> so, hey, I, I've been watching it. There, they, the first week or so, oh boy, yeah. the first week or so, they had limited numbers from a few of our of our videos on there. Um, I noticed today that they have added a, a plethora of our videos, and they're scheduled out just like a regular TV show, TV station. You can go and you watch what you want to watch, and it's 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 free. So, guys, you can watch this stuff free. And there's other churches on there, too, as well. And uh, look around. Check it out. Check out this network. It's really pretty cool. He, he, the work he does is amazing up there. He actually um, helps people with uh, suicide prevention and mental health issues, mm -hmm. counseling. They do live counseling online. They do uh, telephone lines. He, all, he does all of, this, all of this free of charge. All of it free of charge for them. Okay? So, check out, check out our network there. It's pretty cool. Channel 8. Channel 8. Okay. Now, pride is today, as we know. Pride. Oh. Listen up here. For Dallas Hears Life Church, we are in staging a lot. You need to know this just in case you uh, walk away, you, you, you know, whatever. Here's what you need to know. We are in staging a lot 12A. Okay? Our entry number is 21. It's not hard to remember. 21. 12A, 21. Everyone must be at the staging lot and at our assigned space by 1 p.m. at the latest. Hmm. Or you will not march in the parade. They don't care if you're there at 101. If you're not there, you, and look, when we get there, you're going to be able to have some time. You're going to walk around a little bit and do some things, okay? But you've got to be back at that at that spot at 1 o'clock. We're in the very front of the parade. So if we're not there, if you're not there, you're not going, okay? Mm -hmm. The nice thing about that is once we go through the parade, our little area, I can guarantee you we're probably going to be on TV because we'll be on the first couple hours, okay? Mm -hmm. um, well, once we go through that, y'all can go back and watch the rest of the parade if you want. So last year, we were stuck in the very back. So we missed all of it, right? Well, this year we're in the front, so we can kind of go back and watch them in the parade and watch them in the parade, okay? So I'm going to show you a couple things here. This is Fair Park, okay? Now look here. This is, if you remember last year, I think Don will remember. Don's the only one here. We were in Lot C. Okay, we were in Lot C, 12C back here, okay? In the very back. The last one, it's a third of the last in the parade. Okay. This year we're in 12A, which is up here. The parade starts. Parade starts right here and goes around the Cotton Bowl, okay, and goes out over here, okay. Goes in and comes back out of the same place, right? Mm -hmm. So we're in lot 12A right here. So if you if you're looking here, if you don't, you have to go somewhere, whatever. Here's Fitzhugh. Yeah. The, the entrance to this is right here, 12. You go in here and you pull in, and that's where it is, okay. If you're walking. If you get somewhere and get outside of the if anything happens, you're walking, you can come in any gate of the uh, of the fair, any of the fairgrounds, any gate, it's free admission. There's no charge for the parade. So if you get outside, you can come right back in. Just you don't have to go all the way to gate twelve, just you know, get back to the to where we are at twelve A, okay? One more thing here. So this is lot twelve A that I just showed you on the map, right? Okay. The the parade goes this way, right through here, and that's where it starts, and then it hits to the Cotton Bowl, right? We are, lot 20, uh, uh, entry 21, right here. So we're right in front, two over from the very beginning of the parade, okay? So right here in the very front. Listen up. That puts us in a, an area where everybody can see us, mm -hmm. okay? And it's tough enough being a small church where you've got the Cathedral of Hope, in, in a city that you're in, okay? Uh, and I'm not trying to compete with them at all. I, I no, can't. we're not. I can't. We're different. 
we're radically different. Okay, all eyes are going to be on us. You know, we've had we had a, a, a slow start the first year we did this. Okay, it was the, the people kind of waned up really hot and they kind of disappeared before the parade started. It was just two of us marching then. Okay? Wow. So last year, Man. last year we had a pretty decent show. There's still only four or five of us there, but we had the big motor home. We looked to be more, yeah. you know. This year we were going to have the motor home again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That didn't happen. Um, thank God Scott's okay. Um, the motorhome is not. Um, so we move on. And thank God that William is involved in this picture because I'm out of money. And if he wasn't working, we wouldn't be going to pride. Scott, thank you, seriously. Um, we have rigid a car, um, a little white, hopefully I think it's white, uh, convertible, <laughs> convertible Mustang. It's not the, it's not the RV, and it's going to be humid out there. But the nice thing is, even if it rains, guys, it, you're not going to melt. Have a good time with it, okay? Seriously. If you get the lightning starts, get somewhere. Don't stay outside in that. Um, but it's not going to be quite as hot as it was last year. It was 100 and so much degrees last year. Ooh, very hot wind. If you look at my face at the end of that thing, I was beat red. I mean, I was very close to heat exhaustion. Well, I look like Jerry John last time, but I look like a weed. His face was left somewhere way back on the other side of the cotton bowl. Look, Pride is, is a special time for me. I, I remember my first Pride in Dallas many years ago. Mm -hmm. and an amazing feeling that I felt when mm -hmm. I belonged somewhere that other people like me. Because I never had seen other people like me that loved the same way I loved. Okay, So it's a special time. And, and, I, and I, this is William's first time. Uh -huh. It's his first Pride. Oh, yeah, okay. Yay! So, and look, oh, yeah, yeah. we're going to have a good time. Above all, guys, have fun. Have fun out there. Okay, really seriously. Have a good time. And be enthusiastic. Really, we need. You're representing our church. We need you out there yelling and screaming and getting the crowd going. Okay, please. Everybody needs to have a T-shirt. Make sure you get a T-shirt. Like I said, they're twenty dollars a piece. If you can afford it, great. If not, okay, I understand. It's just because I'm broke and I, I really couldn't afford to buy them, but we needed them. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you can, twenty dollars. Thank you, Gavin. You're taking care of yours. Make sure everybody has a T-shirt before you leave here today. Okay. All right. Here we go. Well, I would care. I have mine too. Huh? Yes, you get 10 on yours, that's correct. Thank you, Don. All right, moving along. So, you made it to everybody's second favorite part of the service. Dismissal of the community yeah. this year. This time it's going to be go oh, to Pride. That's where you're dismissed to. All right? Okay. So let's fly for dismissal, please. Pretend that you're straight You could be who you are any day of the week You are unlike the others So strong and unique We're all with you 
if you're straight, well that's great You can help procreate and make gay little babies For the whole human race Make a world we can live in Where the one who you love's not an issue If you're straight, well that's great If you fall in between, that's the best way to be You've got so many options Every fish in the sea wants to kiss you Just be a queen. Don't be a drag. Just be a queen. Give yourself prudence and love your friends, so we can rejoice the truth. In the religion of the insecure, I must be myself, respect my youth. Other 